I want to give you some homework. Sometime this week, I want you to get out your Bible and and listen to that song. And I want you to turn to the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter number 1, and look at verse number 18. As that song is played, I want you to read the word that says, Isaiah chapter number uh, 1, verse 18, where the Bible says, Come now, and let us reason together, says the Lord. Take just a moment and study the word reason. Think about who is saying these things. It's the Lord. Notice the spelling of that word in Isaiah 1, 18 and how it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins were like scar, they shall become like wool. Ah, my, he has the power to make all things clean, doesn't he? You keep that in mind because I'm going to talk to you about a word here in just a moment called the word Zoe. And we're going to tie all that together. You're in John chapter number 10. As I celebrate my 21st anniversary at Main Street Church. Praise the Lord. Seems like only 30. I'm just kidding. (laughs) 21 years ago, my first Sunday here as your youth pastor, I remember what a sacrifice and what a challenge it was to um, our church back in those days. And I walked away from a good job, and it was a challenge for Joan and me, but it was also a challenge for this body of people. And for 21 years, I've served you, and you've loved me. And uh, in 21 years of doing budgets, and I, I, I know every year I've always gotten a raise. I've always been taking care of. I pray that that continues. <clears throat> but sometimes, you know, it's important to me, it's important to me that you know how I feel about you. I love you. Thank you for allowing me to do what I do. That thing I said about bread and water two weeks ago, just let that go. Or in John chapter number 10, and we've been looking at the I am statements. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. Last Sunday morning, he said, I am the light of the world. Look at John chapter number 10, beginning in verse number 10. The Bible says this, The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Verse 11 is my my passage here. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling he who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, Sees the wolf coming, leaves the sheep and, and flees, and the wolf catches the sheep, catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and he does not care about the sheep. I am the good shepherd, and I know my sheep, and I am known by my own. John chapter number 10, I want you to listen very carefully. 
in John chapter number 10. This is not a passage about sheep. This is a passage about the shepherd. Preachers love to preach on sheep. You're the sheep. I'm the sheep. Sheep are dumb. And preachers love to harp on dumb sheep. But in order to stay true to the passage this morning, I'm not going to preach on sheep. I'm going to preach on the shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. And in John chapter number 1, beginning in verse number 1, He said, most assuredly, Jesus is saying this, listen to me, I'm going to tell you something. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the sheep, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. You, when, when, you're, when you're studying the Bible, I'll ask you a question, you all say context. When you're studying the, body, the Bible, you must first discover it's... So what's going on here in John chapter number 10, verse number 1? Who's he talking to? What's happening? Well, you'll remember in John chapter number 8, verse number 12, last Sunday morning, Jesus was at the feast. He was at the Feast of, of the Tabernacle and, and they came out there and they lit all those big candelabras in the, in, in the, in the, the night and then all of a sudden it became light and Jesus in John chapter 8, verse number 12, Jesus stood up and said, I am the light of the world. And as He moved through John chapter number 8, He begins to speak to those religious leaders and He begins to talk about the fact that He is the, the light of the world. Look what happened in verse number 59 of John chapter number 8. Then they, talking about the religious leaders, then they took up stones to throw at Him. But Jesus hid Himself and went out of the temple. They were going to stone Him. Now they weren't down at the bar. They were at the temple. And they were going to stone Him. And Jesus, going through the midst of them, and, and, and He passed by. It was, it was not Jesus' time. They were going to stone Him in the... Uh, temple. He slipped into the crowd and, and, and he got away. And then in John chapter number 9, he comes across this blind man. This blind man who is at least 20 years old. And the disciples said, Who was, uh, uh, whose fault is it that this man may be made blind? Was it his parents or was it him? And Jesus said, this man was made blind not because of his parents' sin or because of his own sin, but he was blind for the glory of God. And Jesus spit on the ground, made a mud ball, put it on the, the blind guy's eye, and, and uh, the, he said, go wash in the pool of Siloam. And the Bible says in, in John chapter number 9, verse number 7, that, 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 that he put that on his eyes. He went and washed in the pool. And John, who I believe makes the understatement of, of, the, of the entire Scripture, said the man came again seen. I believe this man came back shouting and praised the Lord. I can see, I can see. And here he comes. And Jesus now, in John chapter number 10, he is visiting with this blind man. Jesus was a situational teacher. He used whatever circumstances, whatever situation he was in, he used those to teach. The Jews tried to stone Jesus in the temple. And then in, in, in verse number two, 1 of chapter 10, this excommunicated blind, recently healed blind man, they healed, Jesus healed the blind man, and the, 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 the people in the city said, is this not the blind man that sat by the temple who begged for alms? And some said, yeah, that's him. And others said, they're not. And some that's him. And they took him to the synagogue. 
And the synagogue people, the, the religious people said, what's, what's going on here? And I don't really know what's going on here. All it is, no, I was blind and now I see. And then, then he, he claimed Jesus to be the Christ. And then in John chapter number 9, verse number 34, they did what did all church, good church people do. They kicked him out. They kicked him out. This recently healed, excommunicated blind guy, along with the religious leaders, they were Jesus' audience in John chapter number 1, John chapter 10, verse number 1. He said, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold. Now this is what I think happened. I think Jesus, in the midst of all those religious leaders, put his arm around the old blind guy and said, listen, and these religious people are hearing him talk. He who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, is a thief and a robber. There is a difference between a thief and a robber. Come here, John. Bring, bring your purse. Bring your purse. See, come, come here. Forget that. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to tell you the difference between a thief and robber. A thief will steal using stealth. A thief will steal using. Uh, secretive, will be artful, will be crafty in his. Did you see the game last night? Those Tennessee balls, they did real good in that first half, and they just blew my. I'm a soldier. You pray for Coach Pruitt in those balls. That's a thief. I snuck off and and and, and I, I took something that belonged to me. I took something that didn't belong to me. I stole it. Now watch this. Put that up there. Right there. This is what a robber does. <laughs> when I was studying prayer, I, I, I meant that to be a much more spiritual moment than what y'all just turned that in. But what happened? Look, the, what does the robber do? The robber comes not just to steal, but to hurt. The robber is to come. He he comes. He comes to to take something by force. I think there's a difference between a thief and a robber. In verse number two, he says this: "He who enters by the sheep, he he." Verse number two, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. Jesus identifies Himself as the Good Shepherd. Look at verse number 11. I am the Good Shepherd. The Good Shepherd gives His life for the sheep. Look at verse number 14. I am the Good Shepherd. And I know my sheep and am known by my own. Jesus is referring to Himself as the Good Shepherd. He identifies Himself as the Shepherd. The sheep refers to His followers. In John chapter number 10, John chapter number 10, 
is about the shepherd, not about the sheep. Now listen, John chapter number 10 is not an evangelistic passage. Who wants this? John chapter number 10 is about the shepherd. It's not about the sheep. It is, um, it is not an evangelistic message. John chapter number 10, they talk about a sheepfold, a sheep pen. A sheep pen had, had sides all the way around, and at the top it had um, a wire, and it had one way in and one way out. And at the end of every day, the shepherd would bring his sheep to the sheepfold. And the shepherd would place his sheep in the sheepfold. The sheepfold was a community place. I bring my sheep. Here comes a, a brother shepherd. He brings his sheep. Another person comes and sheep. The next morning, when I, the shepherd, return to the sheepfold, there's my sheep and there's a bunch of other sheep. Now what would happen is when all the sheep got in the sheepfold, the shepherds <laughs> would go home at night and rest, and they would hire someone to stay at the sheepfold to guard the sheep. And the, 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 the person that guarded the sheepfold lay down in front of the opening of the sheepfold. So now, if you're going to get into that sheepfold after night, you've got to cross over the, the, the watchman. Now, there were times when the, the sheepfold watcher would be laying asleep and thieves would come and they would try to climb over the top. Okay, they would climb over the top because they were coming to steal something. The next morning, when the shepherd came to get his sheep, and all these sheep are here, you've seen one sheep, you've seen them all. And when the shepherd called for his sheep, what happened? Verse number 3 tells you, To him the doorkeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name. And he leads them out. And when he brings them out of his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet, they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him for they do not know the voice of a stranger. So the shepherd comes. He comes to and he calls his sheep by name. Do you know what? Because of my personal relationship with Jesus Christ, the Creator of heaven and earth knows my name. He knows exactly who I am. You can turn to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. In the Old Testament, Isaiah chapter 49, verse number 16, the Bible says this, that He has inscribed my name on the palm of His hand. A good way of saying that today in the twenty. Uh, uh, 21st century is that he has tattooed my name on the palm of his hand. 
And when he looks over the balcony of heaven, and he sees all of his sheep. Now remember, there's a shepherd and there's sheep. And I'm not being evangelistic. I'm preaching to the people of God. And when, when, when God the Father looks over the balcony of heaven and He looks at all of His sheep, He can personally identify me. He knows who you are. He has never forgotten you. And this shepherd, in verse number 3, He, he, leads, he, he leads them out. He comes to the sheepfold. He calls out to His sheep. His sheep come and they get with the shepherd and the shepherd begins to lead them. Listen to this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What's verse number 2? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. What's this? Now listen. He leads me Beside the still water. He restores my soul. Now what's this 23rd Psalm? This Psalm is not about sheep. It's about the shepherd. The shepherd restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness. Listen to this. For His name's sake. If you're driving down the road and you look over in the field and you see a bunch of sheep and they're skinny, and they're diseased, and they're looking bad, that's not the sheep's fault. That's the shepherd's fault. So when the shepherd comes and he calls for his sheep and calls them by name and they begin to follow him, this shepherd is going to take them to a place, according to the 23rd Psalm, he's going to take them to a place of peace, to a place of enjoyment. He's going to take them to a place where they can get really, really fat. And he has to do that for his name's sake. It's the reputation of the shepherd that's on the line. If the sheep's going to follow you, then, then, then you are the one in charge. You know, several years ago, I preached through the 23rd Psalm. And here's what you discover. The 23rd Psalm has, has six verses. And the first three verses of, of, of the 23rd Psalm, that speaks of, of the springtime of the year when they were in Bethlehem and when the shepherd would take the sheep out into a to a, a field, to a pasture, and he would feed his sheep and he, he would take care of his sheep. But as the summer came and as the, the pasture dried up and as the sheep needed more grass, they would go then into the fall of the year and into the winter, they would go into the mountain. The first three verses talked about the spring of the year. Verses 4, 5, and 6, that talked about the fall of the year when they were away from the home, when they were out of the safety. The Bible says, well, Yea, though I walk through the valley of Shadow, Shadow that, that psalm has taken a turn and has taken them into a different place. You know what? The 23rd Psalm, the Lord is my shepherd. That is a passage of Scripture that is good for any time in your life. It, theologians agree that David wrote the 23rd Psalm. But they do not agree on when he wrote the 23rd Psalm. Was it when he was a little boy watching the sheep? Was it when he was being chased by Saul? Or was it when he was doing battle with Goliath? Or was it when he sat on the throne there in, in uh, Jerusalem? They don't know. But the 23rd Psalm is for the entire, the, the, your entire life. The shepherd leads his sheep out of the fold. And the shepherd, he never leaves us alone. Now watch what would happen. At the end of the day, I stand here as a shepherd and I watch my sheep Go into the sheepfold. One, two, three, 
four. Hello there, Sally. I'm glad to call you by name. I've been, I'm glad you're here. And all my sheep, they go into the fold. And 99 of them have gone into the fold. Oh, my. I left this morning with 100 sheep. Come here, sheep person watcher. You stand here. You watch my sheep. I'm leaving. You know where I'm going? I'm going to seek out that one that's lost. I'm coming after you. I'm, I'm coming to get you. You are so important to me that I am going to walk away from these 99 well-protected, safe sheep that's already in the field. But I want you. God would never, ever leave you. He would never forsake you. He always goes ahead of them. The shepherd is always leading. The shepherd, the sheep never get in, in front of the, the, the shepherd. The sheep are dumb. And if this were a great pasture, this, this worship center was a greeny, greeny grass pasture, and I brought my sheep in here, and they ate of the grass, and they ate of the grass, and they ate of the grass. Across the street there was a, in the other parking lot is another big greeny pasture, and they eat here, and, and eventually this green pasture is going to turn into a mud hole. But these dumb sheep are going to stay right here. They're not going to walk across the street to the green pasture. They're going to stay here. So the shepherd leads. Sometimes he leads them through the valley in the shadow of death. But they fear no evil because he has a rod and he has a staff and they comfort him. He's following. The sheep are always following the shepherd. Listen. John chapter number 10 is a word to the believer from Jesus. You understand? That, that this is not a, a good place to, to, to draw the net. The voice of the shepherd and the obedience of the sheep will result, will result into abundant life. There's the sheepfold. Here's the shepherd. Now when I call for my sheep, I, the shepherd, are going to bring you out of the sheepfold and I'm going to take you to still waters. I'm going to take you to green pastures. I'm going to take you to a good place. You follow me. Now, if you are a sheep, if you are a believer, if you're a child of God, and you say, hey, I like it here. I like this sheepfold. I am going to ignore the voice of the shepherd and I'm just going to stand right here, not going to press out. I'm just going to die and go to heaven. Watch this. The thief. You remember the thief? The thief. He, we talked about it in verse number one. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. See this past part. Of the, this is John 10.10. 10. See this part right here? This part right here? This part of that passage deals with the thief. This part here, the red part, deals with the shepherd. Now, sheep, believers, followers of God, we have the, 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 the ability to make a decision. When we hear the voice, we have, the, the, we have to make a decision. We're going to follow, the God, follow God or we're going to stay. Listen. If you are a child of God, if you belong to the Lord, 
you will hear the voice of God. God will speak to you. Have you been saved? Okay, that was not a hard question. I'll ask you that again. And you say yes, if you've been saved. Have you been saved? Okay, the Spirit of God dwells inside you. Jesus Christ dwells inside you. You will hear the voice of God. When you hear God's voice, then you have to make a decision about what you're going to do. When the, 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 when the, the voice of the shepherd and the obedience of the sheep will result in abundant life. Look at that word. Abundant. You know, if you look it up in the concordance, you know what, you know what it is? <laughs> Super abundant. It's overflowing. What is overflowing? Life. I, Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I have come that they may have life. Now in the, in, in the New Testament, the word life appears almost 200 times. But appear, the word life in the New Testament has several different meanings. This word here is life. is the Greek word number uh, 222 in, in your strong concordance. It's the word zoe. Life, zoe, is not about the American dream. It's not about a car. It's not about a bank account. It's not about being healthy. This, this, this word zoe is, a, zoe is a, a life of vitality. It's, it's, it's an exciting, abundant, joyful life. Zoe is the life that God the Father possesses. According to John chapter 5, verse number 26, Zoe is the life that God the Father imparted into God the Son. Zoe, it's the word, uh, it's where we get our English word, Zoo, or our English word zoology. It, it, means, it means exciting, abundant. It's not, have you ever seen um, Winnie the Pooh? You know the guy on there, the, the, the what, whatever, Eeyore? Okay, the, Eeyore does not possess the Zoe life. This is a, a vibrant, exciting, exciting, exciting life. Listen to this. Zoe life is a life that alienates us from the fall. What? Now, if you're not listening, the Zoe life is an eternal life and it, it, it alienates us from the fall. What it does, it should have said, I should have said it this way. The Zoe life alienates us from the consequences of the fall. Let me tell you somebody in the New Testament that, that, that experienced the Zoe life was a chick named uh, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene was, was, was a follower of Christ. She was a, a servant of God. And the history writers refer to her as an apostle to the apostles. But do you know what you know about Mary Magdalene? Before she could ever be used of God, before she could ever be a faithful servant of Jesus Christ, Jesus had to cast seven demons out of her. 
And Jesus cast seven demons out of her and, and she got so called up and hearing the still small voice of the shepherd, she got so called up in what God was doing in, the, in her life that she forgot all about those seven demons. She was alienated from the consequences of the fall. There was Peter. Peter experienced the Zoe life, but before he experienced the Zoe life, he made an awful big mistake right in front of God and everybody. He, he, was, he was talked down by a little middle school girl and he says, I do not know him. I deny him. I've never seen him. I curse his name. But Peter, who got called up in that still small voice of the shepherd, got called up into following him. He got called up in the Zoe life. One Sunday morning, or yeah, one Sunday morning, he stood and preached and 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus Christ. There was the apostle Paul. Paul, who at one time was Saul. Saul was a persecutor of the church. He was a persecutor of the Christians. And there was times when, 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 when Paul was, or when Saul was mean, Saul got saved, got changed into Paul. Paul began to preach, got caught up in that still small voice of the shepherd, and he, he forgot all about the persecution that he had done. In the, he began to walk in this vital, exciting, abundant life of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. The church is dead. The church is dead and it's because the church refuses to listen to the voice of the shepherd. Our town will die and go to hell because Main Street Church doesn't listen to the voice. Watch. How many of y'all are worshiping with us for the first time? Nobody. <laughs> Good. Then you'll know this guy. Y'all know him? Homer's visiting for the Labor Day. This is mine and Joan's son, Homer. I got some good news. Homer got saved. Homer got saved about two weeks ago. Gave his life to Christ. Now that Homer has given his life to Christ, there's two people, two natures living inside of him. There's this guy named Adam. And there's this guy named Christ. Sometimes Christ speaks to Homer. And every time Christ speaks to Homer, so does Adam. And then there's this battle that begins to take place. And what happens is, is, is Homer hears Christ's voice. And then Adam begins to say, Homer, do you not remember when you were in high school? Do you not remember? Do you not remember? Listen to this. The thief comes except to steal, kill, and destroy. Listen. The thief is not Lucifer. The thief is Adam. Come follow me. 
I am the good shepherd. I'm going to give you a life of vitality. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be joyful. You're going to do a great work in my name. And then all of a sudden, I can't do that because I'm unworthy. I can't do that because I haven't been called. I can't do that because I haven't said You hear that still small voice. And then Adam begins to wake up in you. And Adam begins to stir. And you know what? Adam begins to steal your joy. He begins to kill your happiness. And you do not get to walk in Zoe. You do not get to experience the life of vitality because you are listening to to the wrong voice. Zoe is a life of vitality. It's a life that alienates us from the fall. Zoe is a, a resurrected life. Zoe, Mary Magdalene was dead in her sin, but Christ got a hold of her. Zoe causes us to be oblivious to our sinful fall. When you hear the small voice and you begin to walk with Jesus Christ and you begin to do what He's called you to do, you don't have time to go back and and wallow in a bunch of regrets. You have to stay on your knees and you have to keep calling out. You have to keep listening. You You don't have time to look back. You've got to be pressing in because you need that voice to survive. Jesus Christ is the Good Shepherd. And when He brings you out of that sheepfold and He takes you out of the sheep pen and He begins to walk with you and He begins to mature you, He's going to take you to some very difficult places. He's going to take you to some scary places. 21 years ago, I was scared to death. And I stand here this morning saying, I praise God that I listen to the still small voice. Listen to me, church. Listen to me. There's this room is full of people who is hearing the voice of God. And you're just like Homer. You're allowing the spirit, you're allowing the flesh. You're allowing your old man, Adam. There's 50 ways to preach that. You're allowing him to steal from you. The decision to experience abundant life is not the decision of the shepherd. The shepherd can only offer Zoe. It's up to the sheep to decide to live it. The voice is small. Sometimes it's loud, but it's constant. And you've heard it, and you've heard it, and you've pressed it down. Not today, but later, and sometime soon. And you know, Let me tell you something. When God speaks to His people, it's always important. God never chit-chats. God always speaks, and when God speaks to you, eternity hangs in the balance. All God wants you to do is trust Him. He wants you to come out of the sheepfold. He wants you to come out of your place of comfort. He wants to get a hold of your life, and He wants to change you. He wants to mold you. He wants to develop you. Listen to this. The word Christian 
the word Christian appears three times in the New Testament. First time in the book of Acts when they say that when they were at Antioch, they were called Christians. And then two other times. The more prevalent term for Jesus' people were disciples or followers. Christians stay in the pen. Let me say it this way, just so you won't be confused. Christians stay in the sheep pen. we got Christians in the pen, but I want to point out to you the sheep pen. Christians stay in the sheepfold. They have life eternally. But the Christian that stays in the pen is miserable. There is a big problem in society with miserable sheep pen Christians. You've been saved, you're on your way to heaven, but you act like a sinner. When you hear the voice and you start following, you become a follower. You become a disciple. And that causes the abundant life. It's super overflowing, joyful, exciting. Let me tell you something, there's nothing more exciting than pastoring Main Street Church. Walking with the Lord brings me great joy every day. You know what? 21 years here, man. I'm, I'm as excited about tomorrow as I was 21 years ago. I was sitting there thinking about 21 years ago today. I came to church and the next day was Labor Day. I had a day off. 21 years. I hadn't had a day off since. But that was... <laughs> but you know what? I'm excited about the life of Zoe. Now that we're coming to the time of invitation, you know that you're a sheep. And you know that you're in the fold. And you know that you've heard the voice. Now you've got to choose. Are you going to walk in this abundant Zoe life? Or are you just going to allow Adam to continue to steal this vitality, this joyous life that Jesus has for you?